So hi, welcome to Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... I'm Corey from Free Throw. And we're going to ask him some questions today. I'm going to start. Uh, so what inspired the creation of the band and what does the band name mean? Um, <laughs> the band name is uh, kind of one of those things that we just chose randomly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think originally we were going by the name uh, Langoliers, which is like a Stephen King reference. Oh. And we went to play like one of our earlier shows and I guess another band like a town over was called the Langoliers and they like showed up thinking that they were playing the show. It was kind of like this weird confusion thing. Wait, whoa. So they showed up to your show. Like, Oh, maybe we just forgot that we scheduled this. Yeah, I think so. Wow. (laughs) And so after that, we were like, well, I guess we gotta pick a new name. And uh, our bass player, Justin was just like, you know, for emo bands, like sports names are pretty uh, common. He's yeah. like, what about free throw? And I was like, yeah, it works. Sounds good to me. And we just kind of rolled with it. Um, the band itself was created as just kind of like a random spur of the moment, uh, kind of drunken idea between <laughs> me and uh, one of our other guitar players, Larry. We were kind of just hanging out one day and uh, listening to records in like, my parents' basement and uh having some beers and decided to write a couple songs on the spot and then my brother justin is our bassist he got home from work and we're just like hey you're in another band now Um, (laughs) (laughs) and the original idea of the band was just to kind of not to tour or anything more so to like be just the local band that opens up for bands when they come through town like mm-hmm. diy shows so that yeah. way you know because we were broke and we didn't want to have to pay to get into shows so we figured you know why is why not like write some songs and get in that exactly uh and it kind of just like took on a life of its own after that uh it wasn't ever really in, intended to be this like uh career path or you know full-time thing it just kind of happened that's the best kind of explosion though it didn't mean to happen exactly wait so you started it as just a joke kind of idea when you were drunk and then you ran with it because you're like oh we can get into shows for free yeah and then you were <laughs> like wait a second we're actually making this into like a job <laughs> so yeah like- kind of i i've been touring for like four or five years before that off and mm-hmm. on and really trying to make the whole like being in a band thing work yeah and, you know, as much as I had tried so hard to make it work, it just kind of wasn't working out. And I was mm-hmm. kind of like fed up with the idea of like, man, you know, it, maybe it's a pipe dream, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so whenever we had this like random idea to start the band, I was just like, at first I was like, well, as long as we don't tour, I'm totally down. You know, I'm, I'm trying to like get a job. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Larry was like, yeah, you know, I, that's fine. And so we recorded our first EP because we were like, you know, we'll probably get on more shows if we actually have music to show people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Might help. And so after we put out that first EP on Bandcamp, it like it just kind of got more popular, I guess, than we intended. And mm-hmm. we started getting asked to play shows in other states. And at first I was like, oh, okay, like going down from Nashville to Birmingham, Alabama, it's like two hours. Okay, that's fine. That's yeah, that's not that bad. bad. Yeah. And then the next thing I know, I was on a two-week tour. <laughs> <laughs> By accident. So, How did I get here? I was just kind of like, well, here I am again, back on the road. Yeah, you can't and escape from it. There, yeah, we haven't stopped touring since then. So it's it kind of just happened, kind of just fell back into it. 
And uh, I think it's really funny how like the one band that wasn't intended to be like a career path or Mm -hmm. wasn't intended to like, we like, this is going to be something that people enjoy. And we're going to really try to make this band work was the one that ended up being my career. (laughs) Exactly. It's like trying to watch like a pot of water boil. If you're watching it, it's not going to boil. But then as soon as you look away. Exactly. Yeah, it's going to (laughs) start. That is amazing. I'm so happy. It still worked out for you. That's... Yeah, it's we, we've been a band now for it, next year. Next April, it'll be 10 years. Oh, my God. So oh, damn. it's big. Lasting a long time. <laughs> are, you guys, are you guys going to do a 10-year anniversary tour for that first Bandcamp EP? Yeah. You know, uh, we just recently uh, got the like masters for the Bandcamp EP because we thought they were lost to, like, you know, computer crashes and the test yeah. of time. We, we, and we recovered them, so we, like, re-released it on vinyl. Mm-hmm. and i think we have some stuff that we're trying to plan out for the 10-year anniversary of the band so okay. maybe i'm not sure we'll see all right okay i'll keep my eyes peeled then <laughs> uh, so congratulations on your newest release piecing it together how do you felt the response yeah. to it so far uh i honestly the response has been pretty overwhelmingly positive uh i as with any band not releasing like their first record you know you get some people that kind of compare it to the last records or you know stuff Mm -hmm. that you've put out that they like have had time to like super connect with Mm -hmm. yeah and they're always at first kind of like i don't know you know they're kind of on the fence about Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. but for the most part a lot of the reaction i've seen and a lot of the opinions i've seen about the record are really positive i'm extremely excited that's awesome as you should be yeah it was a banger I got a chance Thank to listen you. to it. It was amazing. Uh, what made you choose Cloud Sick as the lead single for the album? Um, well, like with the last few records we did, there's kind of like this whole formula that we would go with for the first single on the record, which was kind of like, oh, this it's the uh, catchy like punk rock song mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. record, I guess, with like, say with like Randy and the Liquor and then, you know, uh, the Corners Dilemma on our last album it was like, it kind of followed this whole thing that we would do where like the first single would always be like this punk rock, like faster, catchy song. And mm-hmm. the next thing will be something a little different. And this time we kind of wanted to do it differently. We wanted to like pick one of the songs on the record that we felt like best encompassed, like everything that the record kind of had on it. Yeah. Like that kind of put out the kind of like broad definition of what we would consider the free throw sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, into the first single rather than going like, oh, this one's like the cool, catchy punk song, uh, which would probably be the second track on the record, Worry Seed, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, that was like my first initial, like, this is probably going to be the first single, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we kind of like bucked that traditional idea and and we're like, let's, you know, take the first song on the record that really kicks off everything and let's just make it the first single. And I'm really glad that we did that because the uh response to that song in general was really really good i i really enjoyed that people were excited that we had like you know some more of like the noodly earlier emo guitars that yeah. were was really prevalent in our earlier stuff but still had like a strong powerful chorus that became a little bit more prevalent in our later stuff and mm-hmm. it was just a nice mix so it felt right awesome mm-hmm. that's great uh, so is there any meaning behind the album name or cover art? Um, well, 
we had been talking about doing like cover art that kind of represented our city for a while because like we felt like a lot of people didn't know or realize that we were from a place like Nashville, which is like country music, yeah. you know, and it's, <laughs> or like, it's now it's this place where like celebrities like to move all the time, <laughs> you know, so yeah. oh, washed up celebrities. It's not like a, yeah, it's, it's like LA, yeah. you know, it's like downgrading from LA. I guess. Oh God. <laughs> they can't afford to live in LA anymore. LA light. Yeah. And it's, it's truly starting to make Nashville more expensive. And I've lived here my entire life. I'm born and raised in Nashville. So like, it's strange mm-hmm. for me to see like how much it's evolving as a city and like, yeah. how, like how much more expensive it's getting. God. <laughs> um, but, you know, we had talked for a while about really wanting to kind of like do some something to do with the record that would kind of like represent home to us. Uh, and this was kind of the perfect record, I guess, for us to do it with because of the fact that like our records that came before this one all kind of told this overarching narrative and story throughout the entire record. And the songs were like plotted out in a way to where you could hear the story as it advances. Mm -hmm. And with this record as a lyricist, I kind of like diverted from that because I felt like the last three records, like kind of like summed it all up. Yeah. And uh, this time I wanted to like not handcuff myself to like having to do this overarching narrative, you know, and just Mm -hmm. more so let each song tell its own story. Okay. Uh, And so I was like, since there's no, you know, overarching narrative, this is like the perfect time for us to do, you know, a little bit of like a, a nice, like salute to home, you know? Yeah. And uh, so Kevin, I think came in, up with the idea of the album art initially. And then we had our friend Ben Lieber do the art direction and he suggested Michaela who did the illustration and it just all kind of like came together really fast, but mm-hmm. it was super awesome. And I was super excited about it. Um, and I think that's really what the album art kind of represents. It, it has a lot of little Easter eggs and stuff in it of just like home for free throw and what mm-hmm. Nashville represents to us. And also like what, you know, it's got like little buildings and stuff of places where we always hang out, you know, pre pandemic, obviously, mm-hmm. but yeah. <laughs> like the places that we hang out and like the venues we used to play, you know, when we were younger and stuff like that. And so it, we just wanted it to kind of like have this, you know, overarching feel of free throw to it. Mm-hmm. And so that's how that kind of came about. And with the record title, uh, even though there's not like this storyline overarching narrative to the record, it's definitely got a theme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the record's theme is kind of like about, you know, after, because our last record was about me kind of coming out of this deep, dark place and finally mm-hmm. feeling like I was getting better mentally and starting to better myself as a person. And it was like this triumphant ending of like, yeah, I'm better now. This is great, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And But the truth is, is with life, you know, you don't just get better and like you're better for the rest of the time. Yeah, and, and then it's all better. good. It's, yeah. Yeah, there's no finality to it. I mean, life mm-hmm. is a constant wavelength of just like ups and downs. So that's, I wanted to, you know, write this record about that because of the fact the last record almost ended on this like, for lack of a better term, like a naive, like I'm better now, this is great kind of, 
you know, ending. But the truth is, is afterwards, it's about maintaining a balance, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you know, being careful not to let yourself sink back down into those dark places. Yeah. But also, you know, understanding that you're going to have those good times and like those great moments. Mm -hmm. And so that became like the theme for the record. And so when we were trying to decide on a title for the record, uh, we were trying to like think of it just like, cool, well, all the songs had tell their own story, but they kind of form this one big thing. Mm -hmm. And instead of, uh, you know, there, there's no title that really needs to go to like make it work with like a, a narrative, you know? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Kevin was like, I don't know, like, putting it together we were so like, close. that's pretty good <laughs> yeah. uh, and we just kind of like kept saying different words until piecing it together came and then we were like well that's also works because you know this record is kind of like a puzzle of us kind of figuring out exactly what we want to be as a band and yeah. putting it all together and that just kind of like happened <laughs> wow. That seems to be the story with our band. It's just kind of <laughs> happened randomly. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Just spur of the moment. Uh, so, can you tell me a little bit about your writing process uh, for this album? Um, it, it was a little bit different this time around. Uh, we had originally planned to do another record, you know, after the tour we were on, right as the pandemic started. And because of the pandemic happening and the tour ending early, us going home early and not knowing when we were going to be doing stuff again, uh, we ended up getting a lot more time to write mm -hmm. and kind of like take a step back and, and focus on a lot of things that normally we wouldn't get to because of the like constant grind of touring. Uh, then you you like tour you write you tour you go to the studio you tour mm -hmm. and then you put out a record and then you start the whole process over again mm -hmm. yeah and there's never really any room to just kind of breathe and like take it all in mm -hmm. and i think for this record we kind of got to like take a step back and like view things in a little bit more of like a well we don't know if we're ever going back out on tour at this point so yeah <laughs> we're just gonna like you know make a record that we like uh and you know kind of pay attention to the the detail the little details and like fine tune and stuff like that and we really put a lot of work into it because our normal writing process is like we get together you know someone has a riff and then we like kind of start building off of it mm -hmm. and then we'll like iphone memo it you know or something <laughs> yeah. and then i'll go home and i'll start kind of working on lyrics over the top of it and as i build lyrics we'll change things in the song so we're re we really work as this like unit yeah there's no like one core uh like songwriter in the band I and mean, when it comes to lyrics i write all the lyrics but as a band like we write all of the music and put the music to the lyrics and shape the music around the lyrics together so it's it really is like this unit uh, that we all kind of like work as one and mm -hmm. with this record it was a lot more interesting because of the time that we had and like the you know we weren't worried about like what tour we were going on next or you know uh if we were gonna be doing a support tour or a headline tour or like mm -hmm. any kind of that like normal band stuff you have to worry about and so it just became like a really reflective moment with all of the songs and like really taking the time to kind of make them the best we could and it also you know ended up being times where we would be like kevin would 
track out some drums on like an electric drum kit and then send them over to me and like I would start tracking some guitar on stuff and it was just odd I think as a process not mm-hmm. odd in a bad way but just odd it's like peculiar yeah uh, different compared to what we usually do mm-hmm. and I I'm happy though I'm, I, I think the record turned out a lot better because of it it's like the one bright side I have to like <laughs> you know uh a world-changing pandemic is at least it gave us a chance to take a step back and focus on our art and our craft you know Mm -hmm. definitely it's good it's good uh so how did the track list come about for this album did you write the opener to be the opener the closer to be the closer did you just kind of shuffle it listen through a couple times yeah i well as with the opener i think that kind of happened once we had the song recorded and we kind of listened back to it we're like this would be a really good opener for the Mm -hmm. record because in our past records there's i would usually write like an opening track like a softer song that kind of gets really loud and it's like this introduction to the record Mm -hmm. yeah but since we were kind of bucking that old process of writing a overarching narrative for a whole record and telling this one big story uh we were like, we don't have to do that this time. So <laughs> we were just kind of like, I don't know, we'll figure out which song's going to start the record. I think we kind of had an idea of what song was going to close the record. Because mm-hmm. uh, when we wrote that song, I think we all kind of looked at ourselves and we're like, yeah, that's that's going to be like it. the last song on yeah. the record. Yeah. Uh, but the interlude that comes right before that song was originally a riff that I had started writing just in case we needed that opening track. <laughs> like, just in case we got there, and we're like, we don't have an opening track. Yeah. I was going to be like, oh, I'm here to save I the day. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> got a backup. I have one in my back pocket. Exactly, exactly. Um, Always and prepared. It ended up kind of working that way, but in a different way, because we were listening to the record, and like, as we were making it, and Will Yip, who produced it, we were like talking to him. He's like, you know, this record is just like banger after banger after banger after banger. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we might need something to kind of like give you a moment to breathe there somewhere. And I was like, back pocket time. This is my time <laughs> yeah, to I, I got it. Don't <laughs> break. And uh, so I, I like uh, recorded the riff really quick and sent it to him. And the next day when I got to the studio, he already had drums like mapped out to it and yeah. stuff and was like, this was perfect great job and i was like yes yes be <laughs> great um uh, so you actually mentioned a couple times that this one isn't this album isn't telling like a full story actually compared to your more uh your past albums actually uh did mm-hmm. you feel like having it like that was a bit more freeing while creating the record or was it a bit more difficult because you didn't have like a loose template this time it was absolutely more freeing Okay. I didn't feel like the need to have to write any songs that were transitional mm-hmm. or like had to like, cause I would, you know, in the past I would have these songs that like told big climatic parts of my story. And cause like all of the songs are about my like real life. Yeah. It's very like hard on your sleeve, like open diary type of music, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but there was always these like big climatic moments, but they don't necessarily interconnect. So it would be yeah. like, thinking about like smaller moments that I could use to interconnect, you know, all the songs. And it kind of like put me on this track to where I would have to like kind of almost in an, in an essence, make filler tracks in order to Mm. tell a complete story and like, almost like, you know, uh, 
say like a, a movie like on the editing room floor when you have when they have to like decide what cuts and stuff to use in order to make things transition it became a lot more like that when writing okay. in that aspect whereas this time it was just like i i didn't feel like i had to you know necessarily make every track interconnect and i think it made it a lot easier for me to take a step back and get a little more poetic at times mm -hmm. with my lyrics and you know be able to you know write a song without having to think about okay if i write the ending of this song about this that means the next song has to begin with this or oh, you know yeah it, yeah it became a little bit more like each song became its own painting rather than mm -hmm. a part of like this really big painting yeah and the record is more of like a collection of works rather than a bunch of pieces making one big work. Mm -hmm. And it was nice. It, it definitely was freeing for me because, you know, with the last few records, I was just, that was the process that I was used to. Yeah. And this time around, it was nice to kind of just be able to go, you know what? I, I really want to write a song about this. I'm going to do that yeah, exactly. <laughs> and not have to worry about how it's going to fit, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I loved it. I, I honestly with because the three records that came before this one all kind of make this bit of a trilogy I guess with its yeah. stories interconnecting and intertwining within each other and then with this one it was kind of like it still is about the same story you know it's still about me and like the stuff I've gone through in my life but I didn't I like I felt like with the finality of the last record I didn't have to like make this huge story and mm -hmm. instead i just kind of you know used a theme and just went with it yeah it's good so you weren't like planning on writing the album as like a story at any point because i know you said you guys were planning on you guys already knew you were going to write an album before the pandemic even hit so was this going to be the plan kind of no matter what or was it because of the pandemic yeah, that you're I, like we can write it like this we had definitely like before the pandemic hit we had talked about it because we knew the time was coming up when it was like okay time to make a new record mm -hmm. we had we it was our my cat just fell off the window so oh, no. <laughs> uh, it was <laughs> he's fine okay um <laughs> it was <laughs> it was like this it was the last record on our triple crown records contract you know and so we're contractually obligated in the first place to yeah. do a new, another record right we wanted to anyways but so we were kind of like well it's you know new record time is coming up uh and we talked about like what we wanted to write about and stuff and i think almost all of us were just kind of, kind of like you know let's try something fresh this time and i was like what if we just don't do the whole overarching story thing this time and kind of, and everybody was like yeah, let's do that. It, I think they all kind of had the same opinion as me is that it would like kind of open up doors uh, songwriting wise to not kind of like already from the jump kind of like trap ourselves in this box. And, mm -hmm. and that's not to say that like the last records did that to us. It's just more so like after we felt like we had already kind of told this big, long story that we wanted to, it just felt nice to kind of try a different way for once. Definitely. Will you be continuing? But uh, Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely it was there pre-pandemic i think the yeah. pandemic just kind of like reinforced it a lot okay that's good that's good 
so I want you to pick your favorite lyric off this album and tell us the meaning behind it. Ooh, okay. Um, I think my favorite lyric is in Ghosts in the Routine. And I think it's, it, well, it's two, the two different, like, bridges into the pre-chorus kind of thing. Uh, like an actor that is playing a role, uh, convincing everyone this is who I am. For months, I've been convincing, uh, for months, I've been convincing them all. I can't even think of the actual words right now. Okay. <laughs> uh it's like a it's like a you know a muscle memory thing when you start to sing it it like all mm-hmm. of a sudden comes back mm-hmm. then, but uh that line about being an actor that's playing a role especially in a song that's about having to put on a face every day when you're not feeling completely yourself or feeling down or uh feeling like you don't want to have to be this happy person you know but you still have to go out and kind of do your thing and like mm-hmm. Uh, it becomes a part of like your daily routine of like getting up and getting ready for the day, you know, is like, uh, especially when you're in that mindset, it's like you get up and you start going, okay, you are happy to not make everyone think that I'm terribly miserable at the moment. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then in the second verse, it switches to the lyrics of, uh, like a chameleon with its camouflage on. Uh, I'm com- I'm convincing them all blend into the place I dwell. Uh, for months I've just been for months I for months I've been concealing it all, masquerading behind a veil, and I just really like those lyrics because I feel like it was a way of being able to be metaphorical and poetic mm-hmm. without being like, you know, drab and being like. Uh, only I know what this means you know yeah. it was still very hard on your sleeve and very blunt and forward but still kind of like a nice pretty way to say it it was the one time when I was writing lyrics for this record I kind of gave myself a pat on the back like your English teacher would be proud dude <laughs> send the album to them yeah oh my god uh, so what song off this record took the longest to write and which one is your personal favorite um I think my personal favorite is at the moment, it kind of like flip flops all the time. Uh, but Ghost in the Routine, I think is my personal favorite favorite at the moment. Um, the one that took the longest to write. Uh, Trust Fall. It was a, re- a really hard one to put into words because of its subject matter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, dealing with the idea of someone who is possibly suicidal mm-hmm. and having friends in the past that are no longer with us, you know, and I think it was just really hard to write that song because you really want to touch a subject like that with as much like grace and finesse as you can, because it's such a touchy subject in the first place Mm -hmm. and trying to find the words that I wanted to say in that song was a little bit harder than I think I initially expected because I would write things for it and then kind of be like, I don't know. I just don't feel like this conveys what I'm trying to say enough, you know, yeah. or it's kind of like, it makes it seem like it's not this big deal when it really is this absolutely huge deal. And it took me a while to get that one right. But I was once, once I finally got it and figured it out, uh, and with the help of Will, kind of like changed a few things here and there. Uh, 
I was really happy with it. But yeah, I think that one probably took me the longest. Right. Mainly just because of the subject matter. Yeah. You don't want to be too blunt with it, but you also want to make sure it's like it still yeah. gives the right message. Yeah. Uh so exactly. Can... I mean, and that's like a another reason. Sorry. No, no. It's like another reason why we didn't give that song like a uh a reference title or mm-hmm. like uh some kind of like funny title is because yeah. like it just it would feel weird to give something with such a like important subject matter some mm-hmm. kind of like ridiculous funny title or exactly some kind of reference to a tv show uh yeah. so we really wanted to go with just like a straightforward title on that one and it, i think that when you said you know you want to be careful and not you know be too like just blunt and everything mm-hmm. that reminded me like of how we were actually like having a hard time titling it you know yeah. because it's just one of those songs that you know when people hear it i was kind of scared that people would still like take it a different way than i intended mm-hmm. it you know mm-hmm. yeah uh because it is it is just like a really touchy subject matter mm-hmm. yeah. uh so where was your headspace at while you uh, were writing this album um it was in like a much better place than it probably has been in past albums Mm -hmm. but at the same time um with everything going on in the world the way it was when we were recording this album and writing this album it was kind of hard to judge you know Mm because there were days where i'd feel really off uh and there were days when i'm especially in the studio there were days when i was like this is awesome i'm like living my best life Mm-hmm. But then something random would happen, you know, like, uh, uh, like, you know, pandemic would get crazier. It, it did. It kept getting crazier. Yeah. And or uh, at the time I was really and I still am like really into politics. I don't really talk about it a ton, like, you know, like into the public, you know, yeah. it's kind of like just something that I'm personally interested in and I keep an eye on all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, politics were like getting really extremely crazy around that yeah. time. And like, you know, whenever you're someone who deals with anxiety uh, and has, you know, issues with, you know, depression and, you know, your mental health and everything is starting to just like go crazy around you and being is extremely unstable, it, it causes you in a way to be kind of unstable. Because yeah. uh, a, a lot of people, like you know, in general, you're kind of a product of your environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think during that time, it was just, uh, when I think back on it, there, there were definitely times when I was like, kind of off during the process. But I think overall, I was in a pretty good mind state. I know when it came to like writing the songs and doing my best to perform the songs, my mental state was great. I was feeling like way better about this record than I have you know, usually going into the studio, I'm like extremely nervous yeah. <laughs> and like, oh man, like, uh, I hope this is good. I hope we make a good record. Uh, mm-hmm. This time I kind of already knew that we had something pretty good on our hands. Mm-hmm. So I was extremely comfortable in the studio, but I think in like my personal life, my mental health was a, a little up and down throughout that process. Mm-hmm. Uh but I, that's a really good question. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe I have to think about it a little bit. 
so how do you recommend your fans to listen through this album for the first time? Do you think they should turn off the lights, put on some headphones, just kind of separate themselves from the world to listen to you to it? Uh, do you think they should go in the car? Do you think they should hang out with friends while they listen to it? What would you suggest? Um, you know, I do think that the record is a record that can be played, like if you're hanging out with your friends and stuff. But if you really want to get like the intended, uh, like what the record is intended to kind of say or be about, mm -hmm. I would highly suggest just like finding your comfortable space, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that area where like, it, it doesn't have to be like a direct focus, but maybe like the place where like, you know, nothing's going to distract you. Yeah. But you also can just like relax and kind of take it in. I think art is best consumed and observed whenever you yourself are kind of uh, comfortable because your mind tends to like kind of mm -hmm. open up a little bit and and it frees you of like having any kind of, you know, preconceived notion. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Some art is definitely made to make you uncomfortable, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... <laughs> this is not one of those, you know, that's made to make you uncomfortable. So I'd say like, find your comfortable space and kind of like, and take it in. Mm -hmm. I, I highly recommend that, you know, if people have listened to our records in the past going into this record, even though it is still fundamentally a free throw record, um, you know, it seems like every time we put out a record that everyone just compares it to the last one. And that is completely understandable because I mean, it's, it's, human nature to go okay well their last record sounded like this you know mm -hmm. so but i highly recommend people go into listening to this record with the intention not to compare it and give it its room to breathe you know and and let it be its work of art and kind of see how you feel about it after that you know and then if you want to compare it after that for sure go ahead i mean it's obviously by the same band you're going to want to make comparisons but yeah. it, I, the way I was talking to my girlfriend about this yesterday, uh, like, it's not like when I go into an art gallery or to see like, you know, an artist that I like, like art show, I don't walk in and look at one painting and go, hmm, yeah, it's pretty good. And then go to the next one and be like, well, compared to this one, <laughs> it's not as good as the last, it's one. <laughs> not as good as the last one, you know, yeah. because like they are two completely separate pieces of art. Mm -hmm. And honestly with, you know, the last three free, free throw records, they were all kind of this interconnected piece of art. Whereas mm -hmm. this one is, even though it's about the same subject matter and like about, you know, things have gone on in my life, it's still, I, I feel like it's, it's a separate piece of art. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. That's good. Uh, so this question should be super, super quick off the top of your head. I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words, no more, no less. Um, <laughs> let's see. Ooh, this is this is kind of hard. Uh, Dude. I, I know at least like one or two of them. Mm -hmm. I would say thoughtful, okay. introspective, okay, and realistic. Ooh, okay, right. realistic. Uh, so because oh. Mm -hmm. Oh, to explain the realistic. Sorry, I over explain oh, yeah. things a lot. Okay. Oh, go for it. Go for it. Thanks for a great um, interview. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's uh, to explain the realistic thing is with like I was talking about earlier with the last record, it had this, you know, big notion of, of getting better. And with this record, it's kind of about 
getting older, wiser and being more realistic with yourself that like, you're going to have bad moments. You're going to have good moments. And it's kind of like, you know, and also coming to grips sometimes with the fact that, you know, life is just a, a fleeting moment in general and the whole mm-hmm. aspect of the bigger picture of everything. And, and this record is really about just learning to how to be realistic with yourself and, but to use that as a way to maintain your balance. Wow. Okay. That makes sense. Um, So what is your favorite memory you made while creating this record? (laughs) Um, So it's studio four where we recorded it. Will Yip, the producer has this miniature basketball hoop on the door of going into the control room. Uh-huh. Uh, that's in like the little lounge area where everybody kind of hangs out when they're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And it gets extremely competitive. Wow. <laughs> to the point where like we were taking legitimate breaks from recording the record for all of us to play like basketball shooting games. <laughs> okay. Um, and no, we've never done anything like that before when making a record. And honestly, I think that was some of the most fun times I've had like in years was just playing miniature basketball <laughs> at the studio who was the best one it got to the uh will yip is the best by far uh and then outside of that i'd say larry and justin were pretty good okay uh, i actually ended up when i went i i went to the store sometime around christmas mm-hmm. or like I, I was like they were allowing like five people in at a time and i had to get my brother something for christmas so i was like all right, let's just see what they have at like the sporting goods store. And they had one of those like actual like glass back, like miniature basketball hoops, just like the one at the studio. And yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, I got it. I have to get him this. It's perfect. And, and I like when he opened it, he was like, I knew it. I knew you were going to get me this. I was like, <laughs> I'm glad you knew it because I just kind of saw it and was like, this is perfect. Yeah. But uh, yeah, now he practices. So maybe next time, if we if we get to go back to Studio Four, he'll be uh, prepared to take on Will. Yeah, he'll be <laughs> <Awesome>. a pro. <laughs> uh, so for the last couple of questions, we're going to shift away from music and go straight to Death Row. Boom. So if you're on Death Row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Ooh. Last night, last meal. Um. You know, honestly, last meal would probably be something ridiculous like sheets spicy chicken sandwich with like mac and cheese bites on top of it something that like i don't have to worry about now like fucking giving me like clogged arteries or Mm -hmm. you (laughs) know really making it difficult to like maintain my weight uh it's it would probably be something ridiculous like that like just something that looks like slop to other people (laughs) as as for a drink, yeah. <clears throat> it would be, I don't really drink that much alcohol these days anymore because I'm just getting older and hangovers are the worst now. But uh, I think if it was my last night, it would be a, a nice like pint glass of like Southern Comfort 100 proof on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, since you since you brought up alcohol, Hot Mulligan said they made the, the funny cone game with free throw, right? Witch's hat, yeah. Yes. Witch's hat. <laughs> oh my God. We we were talking to them yesterday, yeah, and they were telling us yeah. all about it. I'm like, wow. Funny cone yeah, witch's hat is. Funny cone <laughs> game. I forgot the name of it again. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Tades. Yeah. Yeah. 
we uh we called it witch's hat because cones just look like your traditional fucking stupid witch's hats you know yeah halloween style uh but yeah it was us and hot mulligan were bored one day like waiting for load in or something and we were like drinking beers out by the van i think me and tates were like drinking like rum out of the bottle oh my god (laughs) and there were all these like cones yeah we were being degenerates 100 (laughs) uh and there were like these cones by the trailers were that they had used to like block off our parking area and i think we were all just kind of like bored and like fuck it let's make a drinking game out of this and we started like it was during the time when like flipping water bottles and like them landing straight up was like all the rage in the yeah, world for some reason that was the thing yeah <laughs> i always wondered like what kid did that one day at school and it just spread like wildfire you know <laughs> Because that is such a strange viral thing to happen, Mm -hmm. just flipping water bottles. Uh, But, you know, during that tour, we had been doing that a lot because it was popular at the time. Mm -hmm. It's like, who could do the coolest one? And we started flipping the cones to try and do that. And then we that's when the whole game came around. We're like, you have to flip the cone and like land it on another cone. And then you have to like try to keep going. And whoever misses has to take so many drinks. Just like it ended up spawning out and having all these rules and it became a game that we played like every day on tour for a while <laughs> i and love it was it. ridiculous and we've even mm-hmm. taught other bands how to play witch's hat <laughs> when oh we're God. on when we've gone on other tours afterwards yeah so us and hot mulligan yeah we kind of spawned a fun tour game out of just being degenerates <laughs> it would have been really awkward if i remember that story wrong and you guys weren't the band that they band. made the game with <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? No He's talking Mulligan. About. I'd be like, well, that's an awkward way to end this off, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, the, the Witch's Hat is it's a, still a legendary game to this day. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so, if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live? Ooh, that's mm-hmm. a great one. Uh, you know. Growing up, I was like a huge Harry Potter fan. And that would be like the typical answer that a lot of people would give. Mm -hmm. But, you know, honestly, lately, I've kind of been like, you know what? I I think Harry Potter world would be kind of fucking rough. Yeah. Well, (laughs) it depends on when you go. Yeah. There's a lot of like underlying issues in the Harry Potter world that like I already kind of like see and deal with, you know, today. Yeah. and see it happening today so i'm like i've been really thinking about this lately and i think i've come to like the idea that if i really could pick like any like fictional universe to be a part of i i think it would it would definitely have to be like a video game mm-hmm. and i'm thinking it would be stardew valley i'd be a farmer yeah. All right, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> and live in like that small town and just like go fishing all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I, that game is such a good slice of life. It is. I, I love, it. love it. Uh, so I've done a best and last <laughs> question, and every single person that we've spoken to have said that it is the most important question. What's your favorite color? Green is my favorite color. A lot of people wouldn't guess that. Uh, like all of my like twitch stuff and a lot of the stuff i own is like purple i really vibe with purple a lot like aesthetically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but 
green is has always been and will always be my favorite color. All right. More so like emerald green. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good green. It's a good green. Uh, so as I said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Um, honestly, uh, just I hope that people enjoy the record, give it a chance. And I hope that anyone that relates to it or has gone through any of the same things I have can just know that they're not alone. And if they ever want to reach out to me, that is totally fine. Uh, it's nice to know that I can write songs about my life and the things that I go through. And then when people relate to it, it also makes me feel a lot less alone. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I just want to let people know that if they relate to it, I'm right there with you. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for now. This has been Corey from free throw and where really good noise podcast. <laughs>